Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. John Joseph Van Landingham of Southern Georgia, who has been skating since 1986 and blowing glass since 96. His glass is homemade in the USA, and you can find out more info from him on his Instagram or his Facebook. So with that, John Joseph Van Landingham, keep it going. And like Albino says, provoking the stoke. You're a beautiful man. This is Shane Heil, and you're with what? You're with who? Talking Schmidt. You dig? Hey, 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 fucking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever gonna do. I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the doggers. Oh, big dog's in. What do you think, Dolan? We on? Schmidt? Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are Yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? Yes, we are. Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two. Hello, everybody. I got a really good one for you today. My next guest is a skateboarder first, but he also the lead vocalist of the band The Goat and the Occasional Others. He's dropped verses with Lil Wayne. He's the CEO of the worldwide brand called Shake Junt. Get ready, kids. This is Skate Rock Survivor Shane Howe. And like Chicken Bone, now is on. <laughs> what it do? How are you doing? Yeah, dude, loving this, man. Great introduction right there, Schmitty. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate you so much. And uh, I just wanted to apologize for how many times I've had opportunities to like connect with you, bro, and like letting life and business and all this other stuff get in the way is bullshit, man. We should always stay connected to our homies. Yeah, dude, but life's a struggle, but we never give in. Pato Bantan, he said it like back in the day. That was our shit. Like, it ain't easy, but we'll get it. Like, and I appreciate your time. I, I know your time is fucking valuable. And so getting together right now is much appreciated from this end as well. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you too. I want to go back to like where it all began for you where were you born and raised born in long beach california ninth grade going into high school i went to high school in arizona so moved from long beach to arizona and that's kind of where i really got into skating skating like that's where i met ellington scotty like a lot of my crew that i still know to this day like that was it right there, you know? And then when I graduated, um, I moved right back to Long Beach. What city were you in in Arizona? All over. I was in Scottsdale. I was in Phoenix. I was in Tempe. Oh. Paradise Valley. There's a lot of areas there. Kind of jumped around. But they didn't have all the, like, they got lots of parks there now. They didn't have all those when you were there. Were nah, they? No, not at all. The only park that we would go to was called The Wedge. Yeah. The wedge, the fucking man. launcher. Yeah, that's it. So there was no, there was no park next to the wedge. Now there is, you know. So there was a skate shop 
still there, still around, but um, we'd go to this skate shop called Sidewalk Surfer, meet up at Sidewalk Surfer, watch the newest video that came out, get hyped, and then just skate from the store all the way down to the wedge. And that was it. You just kick it at the wedge all day. And that was kind of like a routine that we had for a long time. It was just like hit the shop, chill, watch the videos, look at the new product coming in. All right, let's go skate to the spot. Boom, let's go learn a new trick, like front pop late flips or whatever that shit was. You know, like that was that was the shit, man. Like, so was that before Cowtown wasn't there yet? Cowtown was not born yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so this is 1991, two, three, four, yeah, 91 and 95. And that's um, what like what videos are going in your VCR at that time? Like, what are you really hyped on as like, you're kind of evolving into whatever you're going to become. What are you like? Oh, I want to rewind that part. That guy. Is oh, fucking sick. I mean, okay. Plan B questionable. Like there's ones that were before like new deal. 1281 was kind of around that time too, but yeah. the one that just was it. Right. And I talked about this just the other day. It was plan B questionable. No doubt. It was the one that we went to the store and watched. It was the one that we were at home and watched over and over. It never got boring, right? The soundtrack ended up being like what we listened to to this day, you know, like hieroglyphics was now a part of our DNA. Right. You know, like wanting to like EMB was the spot, you know? the people that skated there and the way that everybody dressed, the tricks that were coming out, how to rock your shoes, like everything, you know? And I'm curious to see what that is for kids now, you know? Like there's been so many generations since then. I mean, that video dropped in 91. So, I mean, yeah, but that was, that was everything to us. Yeah, the sure. Beastie Boys coming on to Carol with the C oh, in the EMB and then it. it just says Carol. That is forever. Like- it is, man. Like I went to I went to Embarco the other day, like not the other day, but not too long ago. And we stayed in that hotel. And of wow. course, I, I ran to that window. I looked down and I saw the sea, even though it's not there. But I was like, no way. And I filmed myself doing it because I was like, no way. The Beastie Boys, yeah. they are, they're coming home. Yeah. They're coming home. Oh, they're coming home. Damn, man. Like, when you see Sanchez and Carol just sitting there, too, you're just like, ooh, I just got chills, man. Mm. I just got chills. Like, yeah. So I think we all wanted to live in San Francisco back then, too. Oh, yeah. You know, for sure. What gets you out of Arizona? Like, did skateboarding kind of draw you to California then? Or like, were you getting into trouble back there? Or what made you, what got you out of there? To be from Long Beach, to know California, to like, have a taste of all that, you know, growing up. And even though like, I bet I met my best friends in Arizona. We all wanted to get out of there. Like we wanted to go live this dream this skateboarding dream and we knew that was in california and so absolutely i think skateboarding just sent me back to california Hmm. because as soon as i graduated high school that was it like here you go diploma mom and dad like i'm out go try this out okay you're already friends with copelman and ellington at that time oh yeah strong friends 
for sure. And so the connection I had back home was I was riding for a skateboard company called Zimbabwe Skateboards. And Zimbabwe was the skate shop in Long Beach across the street from Wilson High School. Uh-huh. Zimbabwe was also where I got my first skateboard before I moved to Arizona. Shit. Okay, so now Zimbabwe changed their name to Marge's. Marge's is in Huntington Beach. So he relocated his skate shop, Zimbabwe skate shop, from Long Beach to Huntington Beach. Kept the name Zimbabwe, but turned that into a first clothing company, then board company. And so I rode for that. And so when I came back to Long Beach, the owner of that was like, hey, you can stay on my couch. You can work at the shop marges to make money and ride for the company. Like his name was John Ferretti. And man, talk about good looking out. Like really gave me a spot to stay. gave me a job, gave me an opportunity to like be a part of this skate company. And not only that, but like if I wanted to try to film for it or be a part of it and help it grow, like that was dope. And the first pro I met, which Jason Rothmeyer, shout out, who lives in Long Beach, who then rode for Zimbabwe later on and worked at Marges. So it was just like full circle. I was just like, this is crazy. Like, how is this all happening? You know? So my first, first like photo in a mag was as far as an advertisement goes, was from Zimbabwe. It was like a little half page black and white photo in the back of Thrasher doing a little black doing a little back tail. No way. Yeah. That was hype, man. You know what the cover is? No, I don't. But I do know around that time, like Scotty and Eric came up to me and they're like, yo, you in the new Thrasher, you in the new Thrasher. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, let's go to the shop. So we hit up Sidewalk Surfer. Sure enough, they were laughing. And I was like, why are you guys <laughs> laughing? Like, what's up? And they're like, this is you. And it was like this story about this guy named Billy who was, they cut, they photoshopped my my hands off and put them for feet. So they took my feet off and put my hands for feet. And there was these two wedge kickers and there was like a real demo in Arizona. And I like went and tried to do a heel flip over the two wedge ramps. And they must have taken a photo. They didn't know who I was. They're like, oh, this is hilarious. Let's just cut his hands and put it for feet and write this story about his <laughs> name is Billy. And he ends up dying because Billy couldn't get to the food because he had no hands and he had hands for feet. So he starved to death. And it was just whole thing, man. And I was like, you got to find this. me, man. Oh, I hope you do. It's hilarious. <laughs> it was like, damn, that was it. It was a full page color photo. I was like, fuck it, man. I was hyped still. I was like, yeah, so what? Like, I made it in the mess. Huh. Whoa, yeah. I never heard that one before. I got to find that. That's amazing. It was yeah. at like 93-ish or later? Yeah, I would say that's that's probably around it. Yeah. Okay. And were you already, like, where does the goat origin come from? Like, is that back in that day or is that later when you're more partying and stuff or what? Uh, Probably later. A little bit later. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking, you know, later in life, you're writing a song about Billy, right? <laughs> like, isn't there like some yeah. Billy, 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 Billy. Yeah. Hey, Billy, what you doing? Looking all smooth with your white on white. Damn you, cool Billy, look at you. All the fun biscuits on your face. Hey, Billy, what you doing? Looking all smooth with your white on white. Damn you, cool Billy, look at you. 
on your side Damn you, Billy, how'd you do it? Damn you, Billy, I wanna be like you Oh, for sure, I wanna be like Billy Yeah, straight up So it's just like, yeah, because I had a dog named Billy Then they Thrasher did the story about Billy and then I wrote a song about Billy and they all don't mean nothing together. It's just yeah. like, why, just, why is this name? Yeah. <laughs> Some people were like, yo, my name is Billy. Why are you trying to talk that? I'm like, this ain't about you. Man. <laughs> like, you're not. There's going to be somebody out there with the name. Yeah. Fuck. Um, is it true or false? You had the first sponsor was Grind King. Yeah. Grind King. I mean, Zimbabwe though. Zimbabwe was first and foremost. First shop. For, for boards, for clothes, for shop. It was shop, clothes, boards. Oh, so Zimbabwe, okay. like I was rocking Zimbabwe boards. That was my, my first sponsor. Then you got on Grind King after that? Yep. That was sick because like they really were giving back to this like little crew of homies that like uh, there was James Craig, oh, brother, man. Ryan Kenrich, there was a good crew and there was like society skateboards, I think it was called. And we were all just kind of like trying to come up, do our thing. And like grind King really looked out for that and was giving us full page color ads. Like that was sick. I'll never forget that, man. Like I got a full page grind King ad. It was shot by Rick Cossack. It's funny. Ooh. The things you remember because those little things back then mean so much more to you than like some of the other stuff that are much more like polished and accomplished, you know? Because that's like your foot in the door. That's the one that you like dream up as a kid. Like, dude, what? I made it in the mag. Like, I'm going out with this legendary photographer. You're just like so scared. Like, what's he going to make me do? Like, can I not do it or shit? And I end up switching those sliding this little six stair rail. And he was like, can you do it again? Can you do it again? I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is what it's like. You got to do this again and again. And I was just like, whatever, like hype to do it, you know? Oh, but yeah, man. Grind King. And what was the feeling for you guys, like, as far as, like, video? Because video kind of comes out in – I mean, there was, like, Stacy Peralta and shit, but when when regular kids started getting their own camera and stuff, that's kind of 90s, you know, era where, like, all of a sudden yeah. your bro's got a camera and he's learned how to film. What's your thoughts is, like, are you, like, fuck – a video part is way cool or are you kind of like whatever still at that point and you're like photo is the gold you know like some people are more photo oriented and some people are more like i don't really care about photos i gotta go get the clips because i want to see a video like you know what i mean oh back then yeah i mean oh, obviously back- later it changes right back then to be able to actually have the connection to call a photographer right like like, dang, I'm going to call up Mike Burnett and I'm going to see if he's down to go shoot this fakey Ollie down Bricktown. I'm scared because I'm like, I'm setting this appointment up. I have to call the photographer. I'm like, hopefully he says yes. You know, like, is it good enough? Yeah. Is it worth his time? I'm nobody. You know, there's all these feelings coming up. He says it's go time. What's now you're setting the date and the time. Now it's a thing. Like, it's no like, catching the catching the moment while the moment's happening it's like nope it's in the calendar you're going to fake y'all break town sunday at, at uh, 1 p.m okay here we go let's do it and then you call your filmer next like all right i'm gonna go try to shoot this photo so the photo is set up first right you know but obviously you want the footage you need both you can't i don't think there was there's very 
few times we would like shoot the photos without trying to get the footage but the photographer in the photo was the gold like you really like to get in the mag and to get that photo and to make that thing happen was huge like yeah. i said like we ran to the store to see to open up the mag like you made it you're in it in a way like that's huge and as you get older i know i'm going to jump ahead here but getting older looking back i wish i took more photos because mm -hmm. I, they're just huge pieces of time that you want to like look at and frame. And even if they are you, you can still put them in your house or whatever, give them to a family member. It's like, Hey, family member, go look up this link and watch me skate. Yeah, that's cool. But a framed photo shot by so-and-so is like, that's gold, man. And I, I wish I would have done that more for sure. Yeah, Cause I, I was agree. like talking to Burnett just the other day. And I was like, man, I really, I've only taken a couple photos, you know? And I've like, gotten the mag only a couple times and i wish i would have applied myself in that a little bit more yeah i think to add to your point um at least from my point of view a lot of kids could film and not know what they were doing and they're if they got it in the frame even if it wasn't filmed that good it could actually make the video but for photographers back then there was no like shooting like you're not going to go shoot with a kid that doesn't know how to shoot photos you're going to go shoot with a, a dude that's already established, you know, like it is more of like, it's just felt like a little more of a professional, like an appointment as far as uh, versus like going out and skating with your friends and like the filmers usually skating too. And it's just like, you're not wasting anyone's time as much as if you go out with a photographer and you're like, this guy, like, I'm on the clock right now. <laughs> you know, like, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you on the clock. Yeah. How long are you in, uh, in that area before you moved to San Diego? Eventually, right? Yeah, I went. Born in Long Beach, moved to Arizona, got out of Arizona, went back to Long Beach, did that for a little bit, then moved to downtown San Diego, and then downtown San Diego is when Eric and Scotty finally we're getting out of Arizona and they're like, we're getting out. We're okay. Where are we going to live? Let's all live together. And Aaron Harrison, AKA hairball had a spot in downtown San Diego and Eric and him had got to know each other. Zero days. They meet Alyssa during like the time of toy and, and all that. And so he was like, Hey, you guys can stay at my place. And there's an open spot next to me. So it was this house that had been converted into like five apartments in this one house. And next thing you know, it's me, Scotty, Eric, Hairball, Alyssa. We're all moving into this house, you know, and we're all like taking over these different little like one bedroom studio apartments in there. And we're just taking it over. And that street was called Albatross. And Albatross was, uh, that's a lot of great things happened from there. I mean, Zero was born there. Like, that's where those guys were, like, going hard for the first Thrill of It All video. Uh-huh. You know, Aaron Harrison was the, was the man. He was crazy. He was just he doing was, it, man. Yes. He was the shit. That's my dog, man. Like, Sick. good looking out on everything. Watching Alyssa just do her thing and bubble up, you know, like the stories there are, are endless. Like, yeah. What was your first impression meeting Alyssa? Like, did, was that it or did you already know her? And then you guys lived together and became closer. No, that's where we all got to really know each other. 
we all got to really know each other right then and there, like in that place and, and become really tight friends. And it just clicked. Like we all just loved each other and it was just perfect. Like a great group that connected and got to live together. And uh-huh. I got a job at Tumietto too. So these guys were like foot in the door. They're sponsored, right? They're like zero toy machine doing it. And like they're getting on shoe companies and I'm just like, Oh man, like, I'm not there yet. So I get a job at Tumietto and my job was to put graphics on skateboards. So I learned the whole process, squeegeeing boards, the whole deal. Like uh. zero was getting born too. So I'm like putting these brand new zero graphics on the homies would come by, say, what's up? Like, Hey, I just want the one pass on the veneer. I don't want the whole thing. And I'd be like, Shh, you hook it up. Here you go. That job was the shit, man. That job was the shit. I, I really did. Uh, looking back now, I just, that was a blessing because I got to live where I got to live, learn how to put graphics on skateboards, see how that whole business was ran. And then eventually they gave me a shot to get on foundation and go on this big U S Canada tour. Oh, with the F troop with, with everybody. I mean, zero toy foundation, the whole big body, we're going on this mega tour and this is your shot kid. And I'm like, I work. They're like, don't worry about working here. Like you're going to go for it. And Mark waters, man, RIP baby. Like, yeah, he, you know, he was the man that like put that together for me. That's crazy. So you got to spend some time with Josh Beagle before you actually spent time with Beagle. Yes. And no, Josh Beagle was not, uh, it was kind of like, Oh, he, he was already gone? He wasn't involved. He wasn't involved. He still had a pro model. He just wasn't really, like, clicking with it. Like, he wasn't on the trip. Oh. So, I mean, this trip was Mike Maldonado turned pro on this trip. I mean, you had B.A., you had uh, Eric, Alyssa, Greco, Fuck. Bam. Oh, man. It was a heavy. It was like the heaviest part of like when Toy was just like in that jump off a building zone. Uh huh. You know, that was that that era. And then you had the birth of Zero. So you just had the the thrill of it all video. Uh huh. It was good. I didn't do too soon. I turned 21 on that trip. I was, I blew it, man. I blew it. Like I gave it a shot. I skated as, as best as I could, but obviously I was down to party and bullshit and do all that other stuff and enjoyed a little bit too much. And as soon as I got back home, I got the call from Swank and it was just like, Hey kid, like it's not going to work out for you. I was like, all good. You know what? I knew I blew it. And I just thanked them for giving me that opportunity to travel across the U S and Canada with some of my best friends and some of the greatest people in skateboarding. And I got to experience that and like, yeah, I blew it, but who knows, man, like me and foundation, I don't think that was really like meant to be anyways. Like, mm. so did you uh, quit your job too then? Like, was it like, I'm not writing for these guys. I'm not going to work there anymore. I'm out. I don't. Or was it just all, like, was it a whole package? Like, it's kind of like, well, you're, you're, you're quitting your job to go on this tour, you know? Oh, so it's not okay. like when you come back, this slot is available for you or oh. it's just like, and plus like we had already like 
moved on now. Now we're like Huntington Beach, Warner Ave is now the spot too. Oh, it was during so this the is Warner. all just like yeah, the transition has gone down. So living up here, we had Noel, and uh, I felt always I, li- I was living there plenty of times. <laughs> you were at Noel with oh, like yeah. Raymond Detta and them. I was, was there when, before- Dust- when Dustin lived there, Frank Gerwer lived there, Alyssa Morford, I think, lived there. Yeah. No, Gabe. Gabe was picking up Frank heavily at that time. He was come by. He'd pick up Frank, and I would jump in the van to go, go out with them skating and filming and stuff, and shoot photos. And oh, they were just on a mission, those two. And I would just always be a, par- a part of that and try to jump into those sessions. Um, but yeah, Frank, Frank and Dustin. So when Foundation didn't work, Dustin was like, "Hey, come down to Six Newell. You know, stereo time." And this is the birth of one stereo is just like, let's give it one last shot. Like kind of like they were trying to dig themselves out of a situation. So pastors was like putting this team together with it. It was just like Dustin Dolan, Pete Eldridge, Joel Meinholz, J.R. Knees, rest in peace. Oh yeah. And so I got to like, I met Pete right here. I met J.R. on this thing. I met, you know, so it was just like, here I am. Now I'm in this, like this crew. And this crew felt sick. I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. It's just a tight-knit squad here, and we're all just on this, like, come up right now. Mm. And we were filming for that, for a deluxe video, you know, when they put all the, I think it was called Worldwide. Oh, yeah. Where all the companies are in one. Distribution video. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we filmed for that, and then had a little stereo section in that. Sick, And that's when I was just like, Warner Ave to Six Newell, like as much as I can. So I was staying at Six Newell quite often. So at that time, you're partying pretty hard if you're at Newell oh, and Warner. Yeah, is, yeah, because we just had the bar right next door. It was just like, it was go time, man. <laughs> is, Third and uh, Army, Third and Army was just born too. Oh, okay, it was there already. It was just born. Like, hey, man, we got to go check out the spot, Third and Army, and so it was just like it was just built. Oh shit. Okay. I was going to say, like, what spots were you guys going to a lot? You remember skating in the, the Presidio? City the Presidio rail was like a go to. Like, oh, the Presidio that was Dustin rail. Dolan's uh, training ground. It was his training ground. It was Frank. It was everybody just like, so yeah, we that would, thing was so good. Yeah. So you would seriously from six Newell to Presidio, just like, boom, all the way there, hit that, go get some, like, some press sandwiches on the way back. And yeah party back you know okay damn late night you- late night sessions at the pier um dude i'm trying to remember who lived there that like he could skate street super good and he could skate vert super good and he was huh. from the east coast and i think it was frank's friend and oh, oh man, john were- klein john klein baby yeah john <laughs> klein lived there man i'm like i'm forgetting like a key component dude yeah like, john yeah. he didn't have great style but he had a huge bag of tricks oh he could do anything yeah and he rode this real skinny board you're like how is this dude you could skate everything as tech as you want to be or as gnarly on a vert ramp as you want to be he yeah was, he was he, sick man he used to come down to our ramp we had a ramp in the peninsula and he would come down with like uh I want to say liver sedge or somebody kind of random. Ben. Yeah, I think so. I think it was like impastorous. I think they would come down, maybe Dawes or something like they had a little crew. 
you weren't at Wallenberg when Frank kick flipped, were you? No. Oh, okay. Because I think that's kind of around that era, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a little bit past. Okay. Did you see Frank take some crazy hills? Was there some gnarly hill bombing back then? Oh, yeah. Him and, dude, him and Milligan yeah. would do like, like, they would like hold each other in bomb hills. Like when they get on the same board or whatever, they would be nuts, man. I remember I had this little Civic, a little stick shift Civic, and I was like driving in the hills on a, you know, a stick shift is tough out there. And we were getting faded one night and we'd like saved up all these boards, all these old boards. We're like, all right, let's go hit the beach and bomb fire these things, man. So we pack up the Civic to go and Frank's like, I'm driving, you're drunk, you're like whatever. And he was just having a, oh man, he hit the hills, bring, just like, beep, catch a little air off the Civic. And I was like, yo. Dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Fast. He, he was, that's like, he at that moment, I think, was really learning how to bomb hills, like no joke. And they would do it late night. They would do it all day. Like, yeah, they were they were sick with it. And I remember walking down a hill. We were coming back from a spot, and these guys, pew, they're gone, man. I'm just like, yo, I can't. Ah, oh, man, I got so frustrated that I couldn't get I couldn't get myself to like bomb the hill with them. That I focused my board and I walked down the hill all like <laughs> sad, just like, ugh, I can't bomb hills, man. Ugh. But they were just like, yo, man, it's baby steps. You got to learn this shit. It's not like, it's just, you know, let's go out. And they started teaching me the ways and stuff. But still to this day, like, nah, bombing hills is crazy. Yeah, dude. Now I go out there and I see I see the homies and I'm just like, they're clocking. They got the little speed gun. Pew, 35 miles per hour, bro. You had a trick on Hubba too, right? In the, in the stereo. Yo, yeah, that's a good story right there. Because, you know, you, you grew up watching Hubba Hideout. So you're just like, what can I what can I do? And at this time, it's like they put the green benches in. And oh, then, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. They were trying yeah, to yeah. like, how can we stop this shit? So they put these like green benches in. So you had to kind of go around those to hit the thing. So you knew it was coming to an end. And so switch no side, big spin out. And I break my board. Mark Baines. Shout out Mark Baines, man. Bainsy. He was around that time. Yeah, Bainesy, baby. He had a board, so I was like, hey, we, you know, grabbed his board, end up doing it, was so happy. And that, you know, anything we got, we bring back to the new house, and Dustin had a tape, and it was called the footy tape. And everything we get, we put on the footy tape, and we're just like watching it, and I was just excited. I remember the next time I sent Gabe, because Gabe was picking up Frank a lot, and I knew back to the photos, right? You need to get photos. So I was like, I'm what, I'll do it again. I just want to get a sequence of this, like, so bad, like, like, oh, what'd you do? You know, I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. And I'm like, kind of depressed. Like, damn, he didn't think that was good. Like, and Gabe's seen it all. Like, so you're just like, ah, oh, all right. Just because he wanted to see you just continue skate. So what we do is just get a good trick, go party. Uh, and it wasn't like, okay, we're skating today. We're going to go get a line. We're going to go get a clip here. And we're going to do it again. And we're just like, keep this going. It's what we do. We don't just get one trick, go up the drunks, right? for like three days <laughs> and like yeah that's that switch notes like big spin that wore off like okay it's go time again you're just like no nah, keep this thing going <laughs> but yeah that was like my big my big moment on hubba hideout switch no side big spin when you were partying and skating were you partying as you skated or did you different no, I, you like could, you like, couldn't drink and skate right 
if I did, I got broke off and I started like writing a list of injuries I got from being wasted to, to skating. And it was like the injuries being wasted started to take like double the amount of injuries skateboarding. And these are just like not even riding a skateboard. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. what, what happened? Oh, I tried to jump over a car, like a, a parked car moving. I clipped on the way up and just got broke off. Or like I said the wrong thing to the wrong dude. And there goes my teeth. Like, this shit that started to add up and you're just like, this is starting to look like an issue, you know, like you have more injuries that are pretty bad, not skating, you know, than, than this. So it was just like, but then there was a couple people, there were some people, but not really back then. It was just like, you didn't mix the two. Like skating Dustin and Dolan drinking. is like the only guy. I mean, there's probably a few, but Dustin does it. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, when it comes down to, I mean, there, Dustin didn't have like a six pack at the session, just trying to, to get some of these tricks that, that came la- a little bit later on. I think, you know, I'm talking mm. stereo, stereo. Okay. Base, but like, yeah. Ali Bulalo was the first person I ever saw that was just like, he was drinking in the daytime and we're, we're going to go skate. And I was like, yo, this dude just, sipping a 40 at noon like we're about to go skate what's he going like but he could do it you know until that foot clip happened yeah so i mean it's gonna get you regardless yeah, train wreck was another person that could get it in so is after that era kind of when bootleg starts and and things are starting to move towards the whole baker thing like first it's strickland and and that little crew and then it evolves into what it is today strickland's not a part of it anymore but is that kind of where you go from stereo so during the end of stereo is kind of like it all gets all mixed up sometimes baker was being baker was being thought of and born right and these guys are like they're leaving birdhouse they're leaving zero dustin's leaving stereo um Maldonado's leaving Toy Machine. And so that's being being thought of and born, right? They're filming for this video, Baker Bootleg. And what's going on in your mind in that moment? Like, that's what, like, uh, are you I'll thinking you right. these guys are crazy or are you thinking no, like they're going to pull this, it? This is my crew. This is all I care about is up in the drunks. Piss drunks is my family. That is uh-huh. all I cared about. Like, uh-huh. I knew that, like, I was not good enough compared to those dudes i was more into the aspect of like i'm just skating getting clips you know i like that part of it and filming video parts but i'm not taking myself as serious as i should because i love this other aspect of it which is just like piss drunks up in the drunks being a part of this family Mm. and i'm like the token homie that just gets to ride along and i never put myself in a position to like yo take yourself a little bit more serious these are huge opportunities, but they never looked at me in a way like, Oh, you're part of this shit, Shane. Like, no, I was never really like, I was just a friend that got to tag along that they were like, yeah, you can come too. Or you got an idea for an ad or yeah, we're going on this trip. You too. Like we're filming for this video. Like we want clips of you in it, but they, it's like, if I applied myself and really was like, I'm going to get all these tricks and I'm going to show them like I'm good enough to ride for this company. And like, do that but i didn't you know it just was like a family thing 
But were you full of energy like you are now? Like now you're definitely like a dude you want at the session because you're skating great and you're hyping dudes up. Like you're well, fucking the hype man. I, yeah, I think back then I was the same thing, you know, but I like I skated, but I didn't like it was more like get drunk, have fun, party type shit, you know, and they wanted that energy around. It's like sure. they don't know what they're going to get sometimes because it can be like Hurricane Shane's going to come out and just <laughs> act a fool or he might just be the funny guy that just like hypes a session up, you know, like like Dustin always looked out for me too. Like, hey, come, this, you know, try this out at stereo. And even with stereo, it's like I remember an ad came out and the video's out here's the names of the team and i'm like i'm not even on the ad and i'm like oh that's weird i'm in the video but i'm not in the ad as far as like a proper team writer like and so i took that as like man i'm just like being missed you know like i'm not what's going on and someone never told me like you need to chill the fuck out like you need to slow down homie like these are opportunities look at what's happening foundation gave you a shot you blew it you gave it you gave it what 50 percent. you still thanks to jamie thomas that put you in the little edit of the tour video that's cool but you didn't take yourself serious to give this a shot right boom that's done stereo's up what's up you got in the video same thing it didn't fall through for you now your homies are starting this company and they don't tap on your shoulder ever to go like we want you to ride for this not nah, you know but if i were to apply myself maybe that would have happened I don't know, but so that's what that was. And then I was just falling down towards this like lower, lower self-esteem. And I would just mask it by drinking and wiling out and being a part of this. Cause I knew I was a part of the piss drunk that I could be like secure in that. I was like, I'm good at this. Mm. I'm with my crew. I'm drinking and drugging and wiling out with my crew. Like this is what, this is where I stand. This is where I know I'm good at. Right. And so to go back to your question, did I think that what they were doing was going to work in skateboarding? I didn't even care. <laughs> like, I I didn't. And I don't think they did. I wasn't in those conversations, those dark conversations that, like, Strickland and Greco and Andrew were having. Because those dudes were like, we're doing something that's crazy. They're leaving security, right? Birdhouse yeah. was the shit, right? They're riding with, like, Tony Hawk, Keith Kirchard, Jeremy Klein, like they yeah. just did the end. Like that's a big deal that they're leaving over there. So the start Jim was on like, zero and Oh, Eric was like, should I leave? Should I not? Should I leave? Should I not? Like it was gnarly decisions for those guys. Even fucking like watching Mike quit toy. Like that was heart wrenching. Like, damn dude. Like the trio left over there. Bam Margera, Carrie Getz, Mike Malnato, Alyssa Steamer, like all them left toy. That's heavy. Super heavy. You know? Hell yeah. I yeah. was there when Jim quit zero. I was there when Mike quit toy. Like I was there when Mike turned pro. I was when Alyssa turned pro. Dude, all these great things are happening around me. And I'm in the middle of it. And I'm not applying myself to like live out what they're living, right? They're turning pro and catching checks and going and, and doing it up, but they're also up in the drugs at the same time. But it's like Obviously, the skill levels I'm talking about, some of the greats. Yeah. For some sure. of the greats. Definitely. And you're skating around some of the greats that can, like, fuck you up. And it's like, damn, that's dude just ollied from, like, here to there. Like, Maldonado, bro. Like, I can't do that. Like, this guy's <laughs> frontside flipping down 14s. Like, 
this guy Greco man is like wow you just back the fucking 15 homie and like what am I surrounding my I'm like I just can't get myself to do this like this is like this caliber of skating and it's like dude you should have been just doing what you're good at like so stick over there and get good at what you like right do you think that that encourages you to party more and like maybe gives you a little sense of depression that like yeah yeah. I mean, you must have seen like some what stands out back then. Do you remember like something that was like, I just even with all that rad skating, I couldn't believe it this day that this guy did this, you know, it's it's endless. It is. Huh? It's, it's endless. Like you could name you could go start naming tricks to me that you remember from that era. Yeah. Most likely I was there. The times that meant more to me. One, the biggest moment. The biggest moment for me was when Eric turned pro. All right. When Alan Tim turned pro, that was like, we made it. Like, we did it as a team. Like, oh, my goodness, for a big company, too. That, that was huge, right? Sure. When Maldonado turned pro, that was like, finally. He was the person to me, and I think for a lot at that time, what it takes as an amateur to turn pro. I've never seen someone so good for so long be and for so long. And then finally, when it was just like, you're pro, it was just like, no shit. That was, that was intense. That was kind of, I feel like that was the curse of East coast almost that like there were some dudes in the East coast that they just have to work harder for it. You know, all the media, all the magazines. Oh, out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Unless you wrote for like an East coast style brand or, Right. Even uh, but like Fred Gall, he came to San Francisco. He switched five to Hubba. Like he got, you know, like you had to come out here. A lot of dudes moved out here because they wanted to be a part of this thing. And, and, and Maldonado, I think, kept it real and, and stayed out there a while. But I mean, Dan Wolf's video, uh, Eastern Exposure, like it's just yeah. so like East Coast powerhouse, right? Oh, it's the best. He's the yeah. best, man. Yeah, I lived with Maldonado for a while when the Warner Ave thing was coming to an end. And we all were like splitting up, like where are we all going to go? Um, Andrew and Eric went to L.A. to, you know, make, to secure the Baker thing. And Maldonado moved back home to Westchester. I had nowhere really to go. Didn't have that much money left. And I was like, he's just like, why don't you go and live with me and my grandma? And I was like, Really? wow thank you like i would definitely be down for that and so i'm just like sleeping on the ground over at mike's grandma's house rest in peace frankie man Mm. yeah that was a that was a blessing man that was that was such an amazing time for me and have to mike let to open his doors to me to have that like i'll never forget those times like going to fairman's getting to know those guys, getting to know his crew, like the people he grew up with in Westchester and how rad they were. And like, there was a strip called Gay Street where all the bars were. And Westchester's a tight little, tight little town, man. And everybody kind of knows each other. And like mm. getting to meet his crew who he grew up with to all the girls and and, and, and and homies that like, that grew up with him. Like that was sick. That was dope. And then like teaching me the ways of like, hey, this is how we take the train over to Philly going to love park for the first time. He's like, yo, oh. just stay by me, homie. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> stay. I'm with Mike, you know, like, okay. So got to, got to experience love park and 
with Mike. Um, this is also the era of like Carrie Getz. So Carrie Getz is writing for Habitat and he is about to open up a shop called Nocturnal. Oh. And the main, the first store he had was on, I want to say it was third and south. It was right next to a bar called John's and across the street was Lorenzo slices. And so I was able to get a job even there when it was first born. So I was like, now I'm like, I had met uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time and she lived in downtown Philly. So I ended up just moving in with her and now I'm living in Philly and I'm working at Nocturnal and I'm right down the street from City Hall. City Hall is still popping. Love Park is popping. Muni wasn't even the spot to go skate. It was City Hall. City Hall was the spot, man. And then Love Park, of course. But like to be that close to that, like I lived right on 13th and Stroud, right down Broad Street. And so that was dope. You just wake up, I skate down South Street, go check in at Nocturnal, go kick it with Mob Motto, Pete Eldridge, Plane was the filmer, Bootleg is getting born now. So it's like, I know we're kind of getting all over the place, but it goes back yeah. to like your Baker Bootleg kind of conversation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's now Baker comes around to do a big summer tour. They're evolved. They've got their little thing going. They're just like, all right, we want to start something new. They pick me up on the East Coast trip. As I'm living in Philly now, Trainwreck, who's a friend of mine now, and is out there on a zero trip. I was like, hey, why don't you stay here a little bit longer? Baker's coming through. You can jump on the Baker tour as a friend. He's like, no doubt. Like, I'm going to just, this is the end of my zero trip. Cool, I'm going to stay here. He ends up meeting, like, my ex-girlfriend's friend, he likes her. He ends up staying with her, which is literally across the street from my crib. So now we're just vibing, like nocturnal, chilling, skating, train wrecks, loving the East Coast vibes. Like now we're on this Baker trip. We pick us up. We're going on this trip. They're like, hey, boom, Shane, we want to start a new company. We want you to be the team manager for it. What should we call it? And I'm like, what? We're going to do a sister company on Baker? So we're all throwing around names and stuff. It lands on bootleg. Now we're like, who's going to ride for it? And I'm like, this dude right here, train wreck. Like, hey, so we got to get train wreck off zero. And then it's like, okay, who else are we going to get? Oh, we got to get Alyssa Steamer. Oh, oh we got to get Pete Eldridge. Well, Pete yeah, Eldridge, Eldridge is locked and loaded over at New York, clothes and boards. And so I'm like, damn, that's, that's going to be heavy. So everybody made these huge sacrifices. Just like when Baker was born, they left Birdhouse, they left Zero, but these guys were like, Pete left Zoo, Trainwreck left Zero, like, Alyssa left Toy. So did you have to huge. get into any conversations on those, or did you just yeah. get the writer and then the writer would hand, like, did you have to talk to Jamie Thomas at all for like, uh, you know, getting Trainwreck or like, like so, get, getting in the middle of these things? Not with Jamie. I wish that maybe we would have with that. We kind of let that up to train wreck to handle to like, Hey, you're going to leave this to go for that. And then I was like more about the marketing side. I was like, dude, let's get this ad, man. We're going to go to the tattoo parlor and we're going to cover up your zero tattoo. And it's going to be your first ad. And it's going to say steady crushing. And so we go down there and we like, he's getting the tattoo covered up, zero tattoo covered up for his first ad. Cause we're just about like that old. Yeah. 
no, I get industry it. Style advertising and kind of, but then it's like, dude, that shouldn't have been done. Maybe a little bit smoother, right? Like, but is that the way that Jamie finds out about it then, or did he quit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did Jamie have a heads up, or did he open the mag and go, "Oh, I guess he has a right for No, I don't think he he didn't open the mag and see that. But I I think that like the way he found out was probably through a phone call or something. And I think Jamie was even trying to like really get a hold of train wreck, like even going to his apartment. We're like, dude, let's talk this out. Like what's going on. Probably yeah. James like, you just turned pro for zero. You might be sitting on a lot of boards. Right. Don't just leave me high and dry like this. And I think Jamie had gotten like the way that people had quit on him before might've been on some drunk shit, right? Oh, fuck it. I quit. I'm going to go right for this shit. Not thinking like, dude, do it right. You know, like, yeah. Don't burn the bridge, you know, but everybody's young, drunk and stupid trying to just like ride for the cool shit and just like not thinking about it and just going for it. And then you Jamie guys had- did Jamie did a lot for so many people. Oh yeah. Door, big doors, big, great things for people. The bigger thing too with Trainwreck was it's like damn, he'd been sitting on all this footage he'd worked on which Lee Dupont had filmed. So now we're like how do we get this footage and what are we going to do with it? And it's like, well, that's, you know, Lee put a, put a dollar amount on it and we had to go drive down, pay for the footage. And then that footage was now taken from Lee and given to Transworld to be put in the Transworld video. And that's how we got Trainwreck's part in Transworld video. Well, I did have phone calls with, uh, was it Jeff Tang or Petey, Peter BC over at Zoo York? Uh, I forget who it was, but um, that was a hard phone call. Or Eldridge? Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew what Pete was leaving. He was leaving some some strong security over there. Him right. being such an East Coast legend. Yeah. Him riding for <clears throat> such an East Coast legend company. Being attached to like the clothing side. And New York clothing was actually doing pretty good then. So it's just like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember giving like some of my money that they were paying me. I was like, hey, break some of my money off to Pete. Like, like make sure he gets some of that they're like well you sure and i was like yeah just take 500 out of my check every month and give it to pete you know like we gotta make sure he's taken care of if you're looking back on that is every decision that was made like kind of a stupid decision that everyone just went with passion but like on paper it's not a good idea like was everyone just partying and going like let's fucking do it like who cares we're like and but like now you'd be like whoa dude zoo's paying you like whatever like you're like we don't know is this gonna work right like i can only i can only speak from my experience and through my vision of what i was what i was going through right now pete and mike and whoever else like those are tough calls and and those are questions that they might need to be asked like hey pete would you rather have stayed at zoo and not done that knowing that's what you know now right he might he might say yes or he might go no that was an awesome part of my life i i'm glad i did that or he right. might be, fuck no, those dudes are suck. Like, why did I do that? You know, <laughs> those are fucking out of it. Piss drunks, who cares? Like, I'm not <laughs> like, what? But yeah, for me, like, Jay Strickland gave me an opportunity that I fucked up. Like, I had an opportunity to be this team manager for this brand and help learn this position. I did not know what I was getting into. I remember like how, what does a team manager do really? Like how break it down to me, hold on, what's going on? And like, 
I was still so caught up in drinking and partying and skating and still trying to be there for like whatever I needed to do with bootleg. And that's how I got fired. Like this ain't going to work for you, man. And like the filmer playing Mark Branstetter ended up taking that position, mm. which is a much better position for him because he's filming everybody and building content and knowing what they all need and want. So it's like, that's a, no brainer like that's the person and then here comes bootleg 3000 the video film that edited like by jay and and plane and that was dope for them man like i if anything like helped bring some team riders to the table like but yeah another opportunity blown so i can look back and it's like foundation stereo you didn't apply yourself to baker they still looked out for you for bootleg like hey you're not good at skating but we'll give you a great job like this is kind of what happens after skateboarding anyways so it's like here it is kid like learn it as you go i'm living in philly and la now like i got this apartment like the bootleg baker apartment that i live at in la and i'm still living in philly so i'm going back and forth getting calls like Anthony Mosley calling me up like, hey, man, they're fucking up the place, dude. And I'm like, who's there? I was like, oh, that's just the squad. That's just the piss drunks. Like, <laughs> like, don't like, don't worry about it, you know? And just like, but I should be there making sure the kid's okay, you know? Like, but I didn't. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I just look back and think of like, damn, man, you really blew a lot of opportunities, but they still kept you around, you know? So right. I just want to say thank you to everybody that ever gave me that shot from Chris Pastris, Mark Waters, Todd Swank, Jay Strickland. Um, you already know, like Andrew Reynolds and, and Greco and Ellington, like shit, they're the ones that held me down when I got my shit together. For sure. Um, what do we what do we need to know about Jay Strickland? What can you say about him? Like, I don't know a lot about this guy. I think Jay's a, 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 like a marketing genius. Was you know he like, I mean? a, like the, a mastermind of a lot of these pieces, huh? He was pretty smart I, in, in that. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think with his vision of what he had, what he wanted to do with Andrew's vision, with Greco's vision, I think those three together are like so, so unique in every which way. You know, they all bring something so amazing to the table from the talent on the skateboard to the talent of like how the graphics might look, you know, to the marketing, how they look in the ads, you know, like that was, that was a powerhouse right there. And that's like how that was born and where it is now and how that ended up. I mean, you got to talk to those guys about that one. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't end well, I guess, as far as their relationships go. But I mean, before that, like, was he operating on humor and like, was he a fun guy? Like, I, I I've never really met him. I've my only nickname done, like, I gave my nickname I gave Jay was Suge, huh? Suge, Suge Knight. For sure, you know, he, he carried this. He carried. He was a big dude, right? And he carried this. This he had this aura about him where he had like intimidation. You okay. know, like when you're around him, you felt a little intimidated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, okay. He bring that to the table. It's like okay, Mickey Reyes. Oh. When you were a kid and you first met Mickey, you were kind of shook. You're like, dude, I don't know. Like, I better not say the wrong thing. I better not fuck up. Like, 100%. you just kind of like held yourself a, a, a different way until you got a little bit more comfortable to be yourself, right? Okay. He so was I similar like to that. He kind of carried that that aura about him, you know? And okay. also he looked at skateboarding, I think, as like, this is skateboarding, man. Like, we're going to fuck with it. We're going to do what the fuck we want to do. 
and we're going to have fun with it. And some feelings might get hurt, right? It's like Rocco had his way of like approaching skateboarding. And I think Jay had his way too. And I think these things in skateboarding is what we gravitate to. And, you know, mm. like look at Big Brother and I think of like, you know, some of the graphics that were, that were out there, like it's entertainment. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember there was the ads that had the silhouettes and you'd be like, guess who the next guy is? Yo, yeah. <laughs> or when Plan B was putting their team together, you're just like, here's the list and it was all these pros and like the Dude. next one was like, these are crossed off and you're just like, oh, this is the illest shit. Like I want to pick. Yeah, it was fun. And it's interesting because it kind of seems like huge moments in the, you know, like, like when Plan B started, that was huge. Yeah. When, when this Baker and all this stuff started, that was huge. You know, like when vision guys like went to blind, like there was these moments where it was kind of like, it wouldn't have happened if it, if it happened any other way, they had to take from people to make it this impactful thing that was going to be the next generation. This ain't just the flavor of the month. This is forever. This is like, baker going on into 20 yeah. 23 you know you know yeah, whatever sure. so so like i don't know it's interesting it's all that shit really interests me because i i seen it from you know you're seeing it from afar but you're not in the mix to know like all of what's going on and whatnot but um right. and so in that kind of time is is that the end of you partying like when no. when no, <laughs> I keep going because yeah. I I don't think I even met you till you were sober. I right, yep. So and it was probably like two years deep into sobriety when I think we went on to that skate rock. It was like two or three years. The I think you were because you you were telling me about it and I I I had the interest, but I, okay. I wasn't there yet. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, I'm curious to know like when you're quitting and you stop and you're changing your life and you're doing all this stuff you're doing it for yourself but along with what you're doing you need friends but all your friends are the party guys that you're trying so it's a really tough like I, for me i couldn't go to bars when i first started I, I it was just too hard i can't go to a bar and not drink no way like i see a lot of people that i love that that are out of control with it. I, I don't mind if you drink, but if, if you don't have control on it, you need help. That's, that's how I look at it, but I can't be the one to tell you that I don't, from your perspective, has an intervention ever gone? Like to me, it's like, let's just call him friend a you, you go have a intervention with this guy. He's just going to be like, fuck you. You're not my friend anymore. Who are you to tell who sent you? Brandon Turner was telling me because he's he's working in this thing. And he's like, who sent you? That's the number one response. Like, you know, I didn't ask for this shit. Like what they always tell you is you have to want it to 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 be successful. I think the huge question for me is, were we just lucky that we wanted it bad enough? And is there a way you can help someone realize that they do want it? That stuff is really powerful and i know it's a lot to absorb but i just wonder if you can speak on any of it yeah i mean do you want to if you're tapping into the sobriety side of things of how i got there yeah I can, like like i can only tell i Your can only story. tell my 
yeah, I can only tell my story. And you and me both know, like, by making a living amends is the best thing that you can by showing others, by leading by example. And if they see even you, for example, like, wow, you really learn how to do a podcast and you really are flourishing with it and you're like, you know, not giving up. And that shows strength right there. And other people might go, hey, how do you do it? What's going on? How do I get to that level, you know? And then you find out that maybe the drinking and the drugging might be getting in the way of, of some of the stuff that you want to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. As we talked about before, it was the laundry list of huge opportunities that I fucked up, right? Some might look at that as like, what are you talking about? You got to be, you got to experience all that. Yeah, I did. But I could, I could have attacked each one with more energy and seen where it could have taken me. While I was fortunate enough, I hit a bottom, not knowing I hit a bottom, that I had an intervention with my family and my ex lady at the time sat me down and said, Hey, you're going to rehab tomorrow. The fuck I am. I'm not going. What are you talking about? Well, if you don't go, we're going to be out of your life. We're going to stick to that. We no longer want to talk to you or be around you. So tonight's your last night at your house. And then I'm going to pick you up at 7 a.m. in the morning. We're going to go to rehab. Okay, go back home. I'm just throwing pills back, throwing booze back, thinking like I can get to Arizona in six hours. <laughs> like, you know how Fuck. we do. It's like, we're going, we're going, we're gone. Yeah. It's like, what do I got? Like, how can I get out of this? Because like, I'm up at the drunks till the day I die. Like, like when I saw Andrew and Jim get sober, I was pissed. Me and uh-huh. Dustin were like, me and like, what the fuck you mean? It's <laughs> we the piss drunks, baby. Yeah. What the like? This isn't who we are. Like, so I call up Eric. Get this shit, man. Like rehab, and then he says to me, "Good. You need to go." And oh. I was like, when my brother tells me that, it hit different. Like it hit more. It hit even different than like. Than your family kind of i was just like for real and he's like just go man go it's only for two weeks you need this look at it that way man mm. and i didn't have much going for me like i'm taking the odd jobs at that time like working you know pa jobs and here and there like i did you know do the shake jump thing i did i put out a shake jump video it wasn't a company i, I was able to do that in my heyday and get wasted but yeah. um I didn't know what I was doing with it. You know, I didn't have a goal of like, I'm going to turn into a company. I didn't know how to do that. I just made a video. So I knew there was that side of things going on, like the bootleg thing and all that just like got fired and let go of that. Cause I fucked that up. And it's just like, all right, screw it, man. So I go to rehab and end up doing two weeks there. They're like, we think you need two more weeks. Turns into three months. I do three months in rehab. At that point, something has changed, like really changed. Like mm-hmm. I'm a different person, right? I got a system in play. I go to my meetings every day. I now I'm like getting the keys to go back to my house. I'm freaked out. I'm a newborn baby. I don't even know how to speak to my OG friends. So I just don't even see them for like 
I don't know how long. I remember going to get a, a like a tattoo, uh, and I run into Brayden. And I'm like, oh, shit, Brayden, what's up, man? How you doing, dude? He's like, yo, where you been, man? How are things going? I'm like, oh, good, man. Just, like, got out of rehab. I'm just, like, not drinking anymore, not doing drugs. Like, okay, sick. And I was freaking out because I didn't know how to talk to him. I thought he was going to judge me and, like, yep. come at me. The same way I came at, like, Andrew and those dudes. Like, you're weak. So I just stayed focused on my sobriety, my sponsor, and stay in these meetings. I was like, Andrew was sober at the time. Jim was sober at the time. Andrew starts, like, kind of making music around this moment. Mm. And I had been writing so much in my books and, and my journals and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I come over to his house and he's just like, Hey, let's, you know, grab coffee. Let's go to a meeting. And I'm just like, all right, this is dope. And him and Spanky are just like, all right, let's fucking around. I was like, Hey, let me, let me, let me see what I got. You know? And they're like, what? Yeah. Join in. Like whatever. And I start like kind of singing along. And next thing you know, it's like, I like this. And I'm like, you guys got more of this stuff? Like, they're like, yeah, we record all the time. And I was like, I'm writing song after song after song. I don't care what it sounds like, what it do. Andrew's all, this is kind of sick, man. Let's, he's like, I got a friend and he can put a mic on you and we can just do this. So I'm now I'm like just going over to his house and I'm recording my lyrics over just his guitar riffs with like kind of no drums, no like maybe some spankies in there too with like lead and uh, rhythm and that, that's it. Next thing you know, Beagle's like, I can play drums what's up and we're like no way we're like we're like putting together song after song after song after song and now we're like yo let's go fuck around and record this shit like let's get beagle involved on some real drums and here we go and it's me spanky andrew and beagle wow he's like, and i was like we should call this shit the goat and the occasional others man and he's like what that sounds tight what's the occasional others for I was like, that's all the people that come to hear us or listen to us. They're a part of us. They're the occasional others. We need them or we can't exist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like so that. I was like, I call him neck face and I was like, yo, neck, man, I need this. I need this drawing. Like I want this, like, like these praying hands. Like, and he's just like, I got you. And he makes this drawing. I was like, that's the logo. That's the go logo. Sick. Yeah. And so that energy got put into music. And I found a new way to like hang out with friends and do some shit, man. And so I was that, like, no way, this is fun, dude. And then eventually I started to see other people and I started to get more comfortable in my own skin. But it took a good year, a year of just like sticking to my 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 program, doing what I was taught in, in rehab, applying right. that in the real world. And then also Baker Boys Distribution was born. And I'm like, dog, we got something here called Shake Junt. It can be something. Oh, and I yeah. write this five, I write this five year plan. I was like, this is how it's gonna be. I'm gonna sell grip tape bearings and, and bolts. I wanna start introducing clothing to the situation. I wanna make full length videos to attach to this. And I was like, let me bring this to you guys. It's like I don't even know you fools. And I wanna just like see if you guys is this legit. Yeah. And they're like, he sounds like he's got his shit together. And this has already got a couple, like, you know, people kind of know about it from his video, his first video. I'm like, let's give it a shot. Hit the tour running. And they made like the first launch of Shake Jump, which was like one t-shirt and some stickers and like sold that. Next thing you know, I'm like, we're like spraying our own grip tape, like really doing it ourselves. Yeah. Like we're buying these machines that you spray cars with and we're like buying these like fiberglass stencils laser etching those out 
and now one's turning into six and like j roy justin roy was helping like build this thing because he was a main person that worked at baker boys and he's like dude we can make this thing and do six at a time man we'll cut the like we'll cut the time in half we're hiring people to go in this tent they're coming out green and yellow like i can't work here no more man like i'm spraying this grip for too long and just like we're hang drying them all and shit like it was real do-it-yourself shit man because i was before i got sober i was like ironing on shake junk t-shirts like logos on your shirt and like buying dvds calling up the shop like hey can we do a premiere at your shop i got these dvds and i got a couple t-shirts you know so it all came from doing it yourself you know and right. then when i got sober i was like let's just apply this on a bigger level and that's when i, I dove into that and then skateboarding i found love for skating again like really because i wasn't really skating the last couple years i like i touch it every now and then and this is like you'd see like if you see the footage i have in like a baker 2g or a baker 3 it's terrible it's just like this fool just doing dumb shit like not even trying because i didn't care i was just like i'm up in the drums like i don't uh, i'm not like, gonna have a video part so huh. now, now i'm in the skating and like i love it dude and like i got shake junk going i got the goat going i got skateboarding going and i'm, I'm like i want to film video parts i don't want to let this time go by and i don't get to look back and go where is what did i do like i want to look at video parts that i'm proud of i never had a video part when I was loaded really. And so mm -hmm. my first comeback part, if you want to call that was Baker has a death wish is when death wish was born. Shake jumps in the building and they put out that first video. Baker has a death wish. And it was uh -huh. the first video to introduce death wish to the, like, this is the family right here. And right. I had a full, I had a full part in that while filming for that, I'm kind of learning how to skate again. And at the same time, I end up breaking my kneecap in half. Uh, and I'm like, dude, I'm like fucking whatever, like barely a year sober. This is a gnarly injury. Here come the pills. And I was like, why now, man? Like, this is like, things are bubbling, you know? Mm. And it's just like, to me, I looked at it as just like my higher power telling me like, you ain't getting off that easy. All that shit you did in the past, all that bullshit you did, this is a reminder. This shit ain't over. And calling up the right people to surround myself, give them the pills to somebody else like, hey, don't let me take these in, in, until it's like, these are prescribed as medicine. So it's like, take it when you need to take it, you know? Right. But you, I can't find those things. You got to hide them from me. And we get through this injury and get back on the board. And now here comes shake junk, chicken bone. Now it's home. Yeah. And I go as hard as I can for that video. Not only did I skate as hard as I could for that video, I also edited that whole video. Yeah. With the helps of Dustin Dolan and donut but i did majority of that video and so it just felt good like damn this project and this vision behind it and everything it was just like that that was my baby that was my everything and like the people that were willing to give up footage for that video they just happened to not have like other projects they were working on yeah and the premiere we had for it i was I there the dude <laughs> that's when and they turned the, you pro right 
that's when they turned me pro. Yeah, was, Andrew had the. I think I got photos like of them having the boards and on stage. I was so like just barely got the video done in time. The one of the projectors broke, so we all had to stuff into this one little room, nowhere to sit. It was like kind of like a bummer because of long video and then had to stand. I was like kind of in my head. I was like, oh, this premiere sucks. Everybody's standing like, but, and then, yeah, and then he gets me up on stage and I'm like, what's up? And he pulls this board out with my name on it. And I'm just like, oh, sick. Furthest thing from my mind. Like all I cared about was just filming video parts so I could look back later on and be like, at least I didn't fuck up these opportunities because I did in my twenties. Right. And I wanted revenge in my thirties. So here I am sober with a goal and I'm focused and it's only because I got sober. So when people I see around me that might need help, I'm here, you can talk to me and I can give you, I can give you guidance but it's going to be you that's going to have to get it. And maybe you haven't hit your bottom yet. And it's going to be hard for me to watch because I've seen people try, come back out. Boom, 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 boom. I got homies that have gone to jail, come back out and it's still not enough. People that have like, you know, overdosed, lived and still like, it's still not enough. And you know how it goes, Schmitty. It's, it's jail or it's death. Yeah. And it's like, we got friends on both sides of that, you know? So it's like, we don't know how it's going to work out, you know? And it's, it's the work that you got to put in and you got to want it. And sometimes I did it for others. I got sober for others. I didn't get sober for me. Uh, I was like, I'm going to get sober for my friends and my family and my, and, and I'm going to do it for y'all. I hate this shit. But then after 30 days, and 60 days and then i get my 90 days oh shit i got a six month chip i'm different something this is for me now i'm meeting new people i'm gelling different i'm talking different i'm walking different some people don't like it some people hated that like they hate the new me (laughs) the new me sucked like i'm like whatever the new me is living and knocking down goals the old me fucked up every opportunity that was given to me and I can't live with myself without trying this. Yeah, the thing I always say is the way I did it was every year I would take February off because it was the shortest month and I wanted to prove to myself <laughs> that I could have one sober month. So yeah. that's what Good I did. you, though. I mean, 28 days. days. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's just, I mean, the longest string I could get was three. That was well, it. So Once then, three was up, I was like, it's go time. Well, for me, when I went through it, then one year when I finally really was like, dude, there was a lot of shit happening in my life that I was seeing. Like it was kind of like living vicariously, but also living. And I it all combined to just be like, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to take a year off, not just one month, a year. And this is what I would challenge to anyone. Take a year off. It's only one year. And at the end of that year, tell me you want to get back. Cause I felt like at the end of the year, I was like, I'm never like, I, it took me probably seven months maybe to feel like everything's out, you know, like the whole deal. But like at the end of the year, I was like, holy shit, life without hangovers, like all this stuff that was starting to happen and my focus and all this stuff. And I was like, I did it. You just influenced somebody. I don't really have regrets. I, I like everything i've done i 
I don't really stand up for some of the stuff, but we had a great time. And uh, now it's time to do something else. And so I always think that like, if you can start in stages, maybe that, but it's so gnarly. Like you said, like just to see people that you fucking love really struggling with it is just, it's a real heartbreaker. And, you know, some of us are sensitive creatures. We don't, we don't, we don't have that thick skin that we can see our friends just beating themselves up until they are in jail or dead or whatever. But like, I've lost a lot of friends that are dead. And I, I tell the ones that are still alive, you ain't dead. Like, yeah, you know, so it's a tricky one and, and you don't want to preach and you don't want to be a hypocrite. There's so much that comes with it, you know, and the voices sure. are always in your head. Like, so the approach that you have, I think, is the best approach as far as like, it's kind of what like Andy Roy was telling me the same thing. I've talked to a bunch of different guys that have kind of like been a train wreck, so to speak, and and clean their act up. And they've always said like, if someone asks me, I'll give them whatever they want. But like, yeah, I, I can't initiate it for them. One day at a time, man. It, it no. really is. Sometimes it's one minute at a time and it doesn't mean I'm out of the clear, you know, like, yeah. I got 16 years of sobriety and it wasn't from just like, Oh, I'm just never going to drink again. Like, no, I, I went and did, you know, you got to do the work. You got to surround yourself by people that don't drink and do drugs. And you got to get around a solid crew, you know, and you've got to like, if you can't, there's meetings you can go to, there's, there's rehabs you can go to. There's plenty of people in the skateboard industry now that don't do it. And so, no, I have a sure. problem with it too, because it's just like I come from this piss drunks era and then I started a company that's kind of like based loosely around a lot of that stuff too. And it's just like, it's a tricky one. I know. Yeah. Yep. Well, who are the, who are some of the, like, was there a few guys that started like team rider wise? Do you get a few guys or is it like all, a lot of guys all at once? Like who are some of the original shake Junt, uh team riders? I think Herman was one of the first, right? Yeah, for sure. Even before then, I, before then, it was my friends who, like, from Arizona, Ryan Too Tight Thomas and uh, Randall Wilson. You know, oh, like Shake Jump was already a thing in Arizona. Yeah, like I, like I had already started bubbling this whole idea of like I want to do. At first, I wanted to skate to this song called Shake Jump, and then later on, I was like, I'm not skating. Like, and then I picked <laughs> up a video camera, and I was like, Oh, I'm kind of having fun filming my friends with this camera and it wasn't even that it was like a digital eight camera with this little mini fish eye. It was like whatever, but it was good enough to use. And so I started filming my friends and there was a couple of them that I was like, Oh dude, these guys are super good. Like I, I wonder if I make a video and put them in it, that'd be a part of it, you know? And then Beagle was the filmer for Baker. Right. So he had a bunch of leftover footage too. And I'm sure Beagle tapped in on this conversation too with his, Mm. interview he did with you but that was a huge part so beagle contributing so much footage to the original shake john video having a full part in that and then like these other guys like having full parts in this video so the video was loosely around people you kind of haven't really heard of and then there was like this baker section in the middle so the baker section really helped people want to pay attention to it right they're like wait there's a baker section in this (laughs) and it's the it's like the leftover footage from their from their recent video that came out. Yeah. And so that, that really helped it. But the whole, pur- the whole purpose behind that video was to like showcase some of my homies that I thought were cool and like rad and like give them a shine, you know? 
Okay. And that's always kind of been the backbone of Shake Jun by the homies for the homies. So it's like, let me give you a shot. I'm going to sprinkle you in with some heavy hitters and maybe you'll get a little bit of recognition. And it kind of happened. I mean, my friend, uh, John Colbert, AKA flip, like he was on his way. Like he was, you know, getting flow by Baker, getting flow by plan B, getting shoes from Soltech. Like he was really like heading that direction, man. Ryan Thomas, like, obviously I'm gonna put my boy on bootleg. So when I was a TM, I was like, you definitely on bootleg homie. And like, now I'm sending him to like, go, you got skates, you know, Tampa Ann and like, Soltech's giving him shoes. And so he's getting a taste of this. And then my other homie, Randall Wilson, like he comes to LA and he kind of sees like how the environment is with skateboarding with like shooting photos and filming. And I think he got a bad taste of it and was just like, uh, this is not how I want to treat skateboarding. You know, I'm gonna go back to Arizona and kind of do it the way I like to do it. And I was like, respect dog. Like this cutthroat, like who's who little, drama shit that you see in, in skateboarding, like it happens and you don't want to be a part of that. So, but those are some of the originals that were uh, a part of Shake John. And then as it grew, it just became like the people that rode for Baker rode for Shake John. And yes, Brian Herman was absolutely the dude that was like, you know, he's putting that shit on his grip tape and he's nolly inward heel flipping over pig tables and he's holding it down for the junt. And when I go to Otis Beasley, another one that really was mm. holding it down for Shake John, I go to rehab and when I come back out and I start getting my thing together, it's like, yeah, dude, they've been like holding it down the whole time. Just as like shake junk was like a new, to me, it was like the new piss drunk. Huh. It was a new crew. Yeah. You know? But like getting a Herman in the mag doing a fucking hard flip and his grips as shake junk on it. You're like, yeah. Ooh, that goes yeah. a long way. Oh, I mean, that sick, was the trifecta. Man. Like for real, it was like, her bees and me like that was what you know without those two like right. it really i needed those guys okay. definitely need those guys Ooh. in the help of in the help of like mike hubert and john colbert like putting in so much work as like they were like the like the kids a part of shake john and they were just like attacking my space and like really spreading the love out there you know and doing their thing and that that was really cool to see them do that uh, pushing it through the the digital yeah. stuff yeah. yeah um well we got to talk about skate rock because that's pretty much i think where i met you or at least got to know you i've probably yeah, seen man. you around and stuff but i was tripping because i was like man i was there when they gave you your board at the premiere you know your your pro i and couldn't then, believe you guys came out there for, for that premiere from san francisco i was like wow that meant more to me to see like you and phelps and like yeah, I think even like, dude, there was there were some legends there that I was like that I looked up to. And I was like, damn, they made the trip out here for this is so tight. It was sick. Poncho was there, and I hadn't seen Poncho in like fifteen years or something. Really, like, little Ponchi, yeah. But uh, so I was there at that, and then you guys opened up for Bad Brains. First time you played with Bad Shit in Phoenix, I was there for Yo, that. That's a heavy. fucking life hammer opening for Bad Brains. And then um, later, you guys flew out to Paris. I was there for that. Ah, I'm actually yo. sitting next to your dad filming you open up for fucking yeah. Dinosaur Jr. in Paris. So, like, I was I was there for some moments for you. So I was like, man, uh, that's pretty sick. But um, talk about, because <clears throat> from my perspective, it was kind of 
really crazy the week before we left on skate rock it was like wait a minute thrasher's going on a trip with another magazine yeah and it was like schmidian p-stone filming ty evans filming i was like wait a minute ty evans out of like he's on another level than us like what what's up with that now he's gonna do the hd you guys are gonna do the vx i was like really it's all gonna be cool like is everybody cool with this like two mags two articles like all that shit and it's like who but you guys had a pretty big crew and then obviously jake and trujillo had a pretty big crew and we met in atlanta theotis left his laptop on the fucking plane and left the next day <laughs> we didn't get to have the uh pleasure of theotis on that trip but uh man we went straight to the the blocks with andrew and it just never stopped from that moment on uh yeah, talk, a, talk it, about it from your your perspective yeah i felt the same way i was like how are we gonna have but atiba was the glue to me it was just like atiba was in the goat so all oh, right for him and him being a part of his the skateboard mag was like i gotta bring my mag right i think that was like that angle to it and right. it, it seemed is... like it wasn't it wasn't going to work but it was just like he can't be on this as a as just a guy that's in the band just the he guy wants... that shoot guns beers <laughs> he's like i need to shoot photos like this is like look who's on this trip and it's like all right we'll bring the bag and thrasher and it's like oh god this is going to be nuts dude and like how is this all going to work out and like mark waters and phelps it's like how are those two going to get along and like Dude, this is just the laundry list of like, how is this shit going to work? But showing up, there we are at the ATL five block and Andrew's going for broke. Oh, yeah. Nolly Frontside 360, here it comes, baby. Yeah. First clip of the trick. Who's getting what? Like, why are we Why are we starting it off here? Because this is what we do, baby. This is how it gets started. Rev it up. Yeah. So, you saw those slams. That Nolly Front 3 was brutal. Yeah. Like, the the almost makes the punishment he's taking. You got Felpers in the back screaming on next one, and he's just giving it at all. He should have had that shit, man. You got Theotis backside flip, barely hanging on off the yeah. curb. Dude, that was psycho. And next thing you know, Andrew's done. He can't even move his body. He's yeah. wrecked. He can't skate the rest of the trip. Right. Remember that? He was yeah. dusted. Yeah. And it was like, can he even play? Can he even play guitar? His hands are dusted. Like, Oh, we lost Andrew on the first day of the trip. Right. But sure enough, that man's in the ice bath doing his things, taping up his hands, like still playing on guitar. Like that was that was a huge first day of that trip. Right. And uh Emmanuel Guzman on the fucking we went Forget and filmed him it. jump off the uh freeway over and just the butt slide into the curb. He's out for the whole trip. He should have broke I mean, because he he <laughs> Oh, it's the he, gas pe- he gas pedaled it and like went and smacked that curb so hard and like his whole shit was like yeah i've never seen somebody shit so black and blue no it was and i was like up. how you didn't break your femur and your knee and your shin and everything was just like that dude's buff and talk about it talk about a circus what about the karaoke uh the karaoke bring it though man like that he bring it like uh, no, so was- Grant too, but like every show, every show, he's in the front, giving it, making sure you feel comfortable. Even if the best, even if it was just like 
crickets, but it never was crickets, but it was just like, he was there to show love and yeah. peace on and like, dude, yeah, um, Pat Lana, baby, much love, homie. Pat Lana doing the, he had the cast on and he went for it. Do you remember, were you at the karaoke bar where you got, you guys were there, right? Where they lit off fireworks and he jumped on the table. <laughs> like it was insane. <laughs> yes. Fuck yes, dude. Every oh, one of those man. shows were just like either, I mean, Trujillo jumped in, like in with his guitar thing. on a dude. Like it was just nuts. It was good, man. Every show was off the chain. I loved it. The New York one was hectic too, man, because like there was no stage and you're just on the floor and it was just like people are giving, coming on top of you and you're just trying to press them off and they're like starting to fall on the drums and it's just like, right. Then you just had, yeah, Pat Lana in the front. Just get out, get out, get out. Like he was like protecting, you know? Right. That was sick. So one last thing I was at actually was you guys opened up for cat power at the Fox theater, uh, in Oakland. I think you guys did a West coast tour open for her. Right. So I'm tripping on this, like, and maybe you can't, but could you like, if you take dinosaur junior in Paris, bad brains in Phoenix, open it up for cat power, like, does one of these stick out like the skate rock trip is one of them like is is it are you able to say i have a highlight or is it just there's too much shit and it's all awesome or like what are you feeling all all of them all of them because it's all kind of insane coming from a kid that dreamt that this could happen someday right like you're like i'm doing this shit like i'm on stage with Andrew Reynolds and we're opening up for dinosaur junior. Yeah. In Paris. <laughs> like, yeah, what? that, that was crazy. The bad brains one in Arizona was just unreal just to go back see to your... them and then go back to that. And just like, now we're opening up for bad brains. That is a place that like I was in contest that was help raising money to build the first concrete skate park in Arizona. Mm. And now Cowtown is a full-blown skate shop and now they're running one of the biggest contests in skateboarding and I'm opening up for bad brains at that. So that whole story of this, like insane to me. And then to go to Paris, the fact that we got flown to Paris, it was just unreal. And then I remember Mark Waters calling us up like, yeah, it's going to be the show where there's going to be all these videos playing and we, you guys got to create like what you guys want people to see. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like photos or video, like no, anything you want. Like when your songs play, they can do it. Like he's trying to like help us through this. And we're just like, okay, we're doing our best version of what we think people should see. And then we get there and it's like 360 <laughs> movie theater. And we're just like, wait, we could have had this playing and we're just like, we couldn't wait to hear like, or see what like bad shit had like, Oh, what did they bring? You know, what are we going to see? And then then we're in the back with dinosaur junior. And then on top of that, my parents show up as surprise. We're here. And I'm like, (laughs) are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, I'm just having a beer with Phelps and P stone right now in the front, my dad. And I'm just like, what's going on now? I'm in backstage with these. And then you're filming the show with my dad talking about, (laughs) baseball and Scott I'm just like Dale baseball <laughs> yo like yeah man and 
That and it was, was at Tiba and Akko's birthday. Like it was a Tiba and Akko's birthday. And Peabody then, got it, the cover. Neck face Peabody had an got art the show. Cover, dude, was, what the fuck, man? And then we're just like, oh, and then I'm on the trip with America as a token friend to go travel through Berlin and stuff and continue to, to skate and do all that. And I was like, oh, this doesn't stop. This is amazing, man. Wow. Yeah. And then we come back and it's like, ring, ring. You, you guys want to do a trip with Cat Power? Like we, she wants you to open up for her and we're like, we better get the practice in and we better bring it because these people aren't here to see us. No, they really are going to hate us. So we got to bring it. Yeah. Were you scared? So we just, yeah. Well, I'm at the Fox in Oakland. Speaking at the Fox bitches theater. in the bathroom to these emo the theater, girls. And the theater just goes and goes and goes. And it was the most intimidating place I've ever been to out of all the theaters, all the shit I've ever done. Oh, that was that the one spot was the one. And I was oh. like, it felt like they were caving in on me and the stage was so big. I'm like, there's too much room for me to run around. Like I like to be in a bar where it's like, I'm with the, I'm in the pit, you know? And it was just like, and sure enough, here comes the black flag wasted uh, song. We do, we cover. And I'm like, that's the scariest one because everybody knows those lyrics and I know I can't fuck up. And I think I, I was like, oh, I think I fucked up on that one. You know? And it's like, I remember coming backstage and I was it you? Did you go to see us at that show? Yeah, yeah. We all you went to Tom, the tattoo Tommy parlor G. after. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh man. I remember Tommy Guerrero was there too. I, I was like, this is crazy. Like Yeah. Went to the tattoo parlor. What do we what do we get? We got the it's on my leg. I oh, think yeah. Ativa knew the guy who was in San Francisco. It was like, uh, yeah, right, right, right by the it, Soma skate park. Ride it out. Ride it out. Because <laughs> we were just on this trip, and Ativa's homie was just like, we're like, yo, we're about to do this this tour with Cat Power. We don't know what we're doing on this thing. And he said, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how many times you think you've messed up on the songs when you're playing live, <laughs> you just got to ride it out. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah. Sure enough, it's like it don't matter if you just lost your place in a song or nothing. They don't know you're. You just ride it out, man. Yeah, that's so sick, dude. Those are fucking. Um, it's forever. It's like memories that you're just gonna always reflect on and just have like a warm spot thinking about it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, dude, hell life, yeah, to do life the, hammers, <laughs> life hammers to do the Palladium though. The one that right there off Sunset, the Palladium was was like it was the last. It was the last show oh. of the tour, and it was just the best one. Yeah. You probably That's had a lot of I friends came like, out for that one. A lot of friends came out for that one. I felt comfortable. I'd done enough shows already, and I was just like, I felt like that was my biggest, best performance I've ever done. You know, it was just like, that shit felt good. You know, like, that was that was dope. I remember Arto Sari was there taking photos. I still have some of those photos. I'm just like, man, these things are sick. Yeah. 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 So. Well, what's going on with the uh, the Shake Junt now? You guys got a collab I saw with America, Dude, right? Check it out. Can you see that? Oh yeah. Oh, Here we go. You got shoes. I did a Shake Junt collab with America. Yep. Boom. There you go. Right. Got the little SJ right there. Oh yeah. The oh, those are tight. Bottoms, baby. I'm gonna have to call yeah. my friend Don Brown up. <laughs> yeah yeah did a collab with them did about uh like four different shoes one for figgy oh, Banky, john dixon 
Oh, you did you know? like a bunch of the like the riders that ride for Shake Giant. You did a shoe for them. Yeah, yeah. No so that, that one I just showed you right now is, is a team shoe. But the reason why it all worked out is because Figgy has a pro model shoe on there. Spanky does too, and John Dixon. And so uh -huh. we're like, dude, this is perfect. Let's just like colorway these these shoes up and make some clothes on top of it. And then we hit the road to uh, go visit Figgy in Austin, and then Same. went to Houston and filmed a little video. Oh, really? Yeah, it came out last month, and it was it was all, yeah, much love to America, man. They, we did a, you know, good job. Everybody came out Dude. sick. Hell yeah. I was hyped on that. And are you guys starting to film, like, was there, like, a Baker video coming that people are starting to rumble about? Or there's some, there's a new project, I, I think. Don't, there's always yeah, some, huh? There's always something. I'm just focused on, you know, what Shake Jun's doing and trying to push and push that forward and right now we're working on um this uh venture collab right now with with uh shake junk oh sick pretty excited about that we're in the middle of filming for this little video nothing too crazy just like a short little video to promote it but that's like a bucket list for me man like to do a collab with uh with venture yeah i could do that yeah so that should be coming out next month okay pretty excited oh, about dude. that just stay busy and are you working from home or are you back in the warehouse um do both so i work at home and then i also have like a little office space over at baker boys that i go to and did it's so get, fun too you just go there and like get to work there and then we got the skate park in the back so yeah. it's like even if you don't got much going on you definitely want to do that okay but you shut it down for a little bit right with the covid or something two like a year or two ago were you guys closed? yeah man no? i mean much much love to baker boys distribution for holding that down through those tough times i mean they were really yeah. smart about how they how they ordered their product, how they sold their product, how they got us through that that time. You know, much much love to to everybody that works at Baker Boys Distribution. Yeah, I mean, we're still here, so we must be survivors, right? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, fucking tough, tough crazy. Shit, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, I I think I took a lot of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, there is one thing I wanted to, to mention though that like I. The homies out in Philly who have oh. a company called uh, Tariff Planet X. Mike Malmato, Kerry Getz, they both have boards for it. Um, his name's Angel. Okay. He runs this company out there, and he's uh, he's blessing me with a guest pro model. I just want to give a shout-out to Tariff Planet X. Got that coming out. You guys should see that soon in the next, uh, I don't know, I'd say less than a month that um, – that board should be coming out with a little video part to go with it. Sick, dude. Yeah, I just that that means a lot to me, and I just wanted to give give much love to uh, to all the homies over there at Terra Planet X. Hell yeah! No, it's you seem like you always like you're not a guy that seems like he likes to just sit around and not do anything for a while. Dude, I got <laughs> I I broke the collarbone. And then broke the thumb back to back. And so all last year, my from it for an entire year, on my birthday last year, April 23rd, stage five AC joint separation. The collarbone popped up, whole thing, surgery, cadaver, the whole deal. The, the cadaver doesn't take. I have to chill out. The thing gets a little bit better. I start doing physical therapy, getting my strength back in my shoulder. And then I'm about to go on this trip to Texas to go start filming for this America Shake Jump video. Mm. 
And they're like, yeah, just take it easy. You're just getting back on your board. Boom. First day of the trip. Skadoosh. Break the thumb. Boom. Break the thumb. They put me in this little soft cast. I was still able to skate on the trip with a broken thumb. I get back. They're like, dude, that thing's broken worse than you thought. We got to put some hardware in it. We got to put that thing back together. We got to stop physical therapy on the shoulder. We got to put you in a cast surgery to get yeah. you out. So I went under anesthesia three times last year. Ooh. Got, so got the hardware taken out the thumb. Thumbs moving again. Shoulders getting stronger. I'm back in physical therapy. I'm on the strength part of physical therapy. I'm still not 100%. And now, yeah, it's been a year. So oh wow, here, here we go. Here Let's we keep go. It going. <laughs> yeah. 46, baby. I'm still pushing this. Happy thing. belated birthday. That was last week. That was last week, man. So I'm I'm hyped to be like, could continue doing what we do and and skating as much as I can and and blessed to have these opportunities to talk to people like yourself and mm. continue pushing this movement of shake John and giving back to these kids and giving them the opportunities that they deserve to like go live out their dreams. And the only message I can give to any kid out there is just like when something's given to you to be a part of, especially a team video give it everything you got, man. Like don't look to the next project or worry about the next little thing I hear there or drink your shit away or smoke yourself away because you're going to look back and wish you would have done that. And not mm. many times you get that second or third opportunity to do that. So strike when it's hot, baby. Oh yeah. Get there while you can get it while you can. <laughs> exactly. Uh, is there any talk or thoughts ever of uh, music again? Or are you guys done with that? I chapter? would love to. I would love to. You know, like after the goat was kind of like fizzling out and people getting back to their jobs and doing what they do. And it was just like not having a place to record and practice at. And I started to do my own thing. Mm. And that was going under the name Goat Mouth Gumbo. Yeah. And so I put out an album by myself with my friend Greg Tamara who produced it, the whole thing, and recorded it. So that was fun. I got to do my own little solo project. And then that's when I did that song with Lil Wayne that was emerged from that. That was fun. And, and that was it. Like I, that was a life hammer, man. That <laughs> shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. But then it was just like nothing really started to work out after that. I, I missed playing in a band. And uh, who knows, man? Maybe when we get a little bit older than we are now, then we'll get that going again but i'd love to to make songs again i well, this, would <clears throat> the skate rocks the perfect formula because you're going with your skate friends and you're skating all yeah. day and then you're playing music at night uh i talked to riley about the music thing and the first thing he said was like difference between skate trip and a music trip the music trip you're sitting around a lot like he's like yeah. it was boring like during the day like no one does shit. And he's like, skate trip. Maybe you go to bed early or something, but you're out all day fucking doing this and doing that. And like, so he's, he, that was his vibe on that one. But, uh, I yeah. like, I like the combined and bringing 30 people to a show. You don't even need to sell any tickets. You yeah. already got the fucking crew. Stalin. Stalin. You can never go wrong. It's so sick. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we always end with like a song. Uh, if we we're going to, like put any song on to jam out of here. What what would you throw on? What have you been listening to lately, or what what do you think? I want to send you a song that was done by the goat 
Mm. That was never released. That was only performed live. Okay. I would like to send that to you to do whatever you want with. If you want to give it, put it on somewhere where people can download it and listen to, or you want to use it to end it with this, to this yeah. song, but the song, the songs uh, by the goat and the occasional others. And the song's titled faster. And it is all lyrics about skating. Sick. I remember push you guys it, were working push on it faster. That yeah. Faster. Yep. Okay. Yep. Fuck yeah. Sick dude. Thank you. Um, it's been a real treat, man. It's good to catch up. I, I always say it and I, and I mean it. Um, I hope I see you in real life. Like I hope if we fucking absolutely do the two time, like be a beagle, like digital, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, for real, man, it's always a pleasure hanging out and stuff. If you guys come up to the city to film and skate or whatever, always hit me up and I'm down to kick it or whatever. Get a coffee absolutely. in the morning absolutely oh. smitty for yeah. sure hey i was gonna i there was one question i forgot to ask you and i i don't know if you have one in particular but i forgot uh you being from arizona and then you're in this the band and you had this song about arizona cops are fucked up right no not cops i oh. mean yes Ari but no arizona arizona got you fucked up Oh, Arizona got you fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Palo Verde death trap. So PV Palo Verde was a bar that people would go to and it was the death trap. It was just like, you'd start to see people's souls be fucking like, that's all they would do. Go to work, go to the PV. And that was it. Like just the, it was the trap, you know, and okay. Arizona can be that way too. Like you can start seeing any goals you might have in your life, like diminish because you're getting sucked into like a piss drunks kind of, atmosphere it was the uh, home away from home for us and, and for like the piss drunks we all lived in huntington beach and i was like where are we gonna go let's go to arizona and get fucked up and then we <laughs> like me and greco and my crew we just go to arizona for a week and just get wasted and then just be like Woo, let's get out of here it's getting us man like and so that was like a little thing that we do like it's four in the morning what are we gonna do fuck it go to Arizona. And I don't know how many times I did that, you know, and just like, yeah, that song's about go to Arizona and get fucked up. Damn. Okay. Sick. Well, that's right. Yeah. It was with Greco, like that whole, <clears throat> I think it was like a month. He was in the city doing the cover, the switch front side flip of Lincoln. So that's oh, what I that got. was around that time. I mean, probably was taking, we had the beer bong going. It was, that was hilarious. He might've quit like right after that or something. Like it was definitely in that era. Uh, it was sick though. I mean, Jim was fucking messed up and, uh, we all were, Dude, we were <laughs> drinking, we were drinking Johnny Walker red at the piss drunks table. And it was like middle of the day at this school calls up chief. And it's like, Psh, it's over. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is nuts. Uh, he's, I love Jim to death. He's like the best. I love everything. All his new shit he's been doing super inspirational too. I'm yeah, just Greco, Greco skateboarding, man. Yeah, Greco skateboarding. If I could put somebody it's, on that level, like the passion he has and what he does, and like no fucks given, and like loving for all for all who he is, you know. Yeah, yeah hammers, baby, go out there yeah, and get you one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, nah, thank you, homie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, good. Good catching up. Big love. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Bye, right, homie. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Faster!
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout-out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.